1: If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. If you're a person of mercy, your life will show it, as we'll see next on Truth For Today. How the People of Mercy Are to Live, Part 2. Hi there. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We have one final look at chapter 12 verses 11 through 12 and how the people of mercy are to live. What are you and I to look like as we live out this marvelous truth that God has not given us what we deserve? He's expressed mercy to you and I eternally speaking. Well, join us and find out. From the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: You buy things to use them. I ask you, have you been bought? Are you're five. Have you been bought? At what price? Not silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lamb slain. That's what God paid to get to use you. Now, why aren't you letting him use you? Why aren't you serving his purpose, not yours? You know, we're always begging for teaching Sunday school class, working nursery. It's throw-up time for me. We should never have to beg people to serve. We didn't die for you. We wouldn't. We don't love you that much. But Christ did. That's right. The preachers didn't die for you. Christ did. You got to get higher up than preachers. I hope you don't have preacher religion. Preachers aren't worth spit if God didn't save them. That's right. Don't get hooked on preacher religion. I was with E.V. Hill and everything when Jimmy Swaggart first fell and so they asked him at this meeting he said, well how much of your crowd did you lose over Jimmy's fall? He said, I didn't get my crowd through Jimmy and I didn't lose him through Jimmy I got him through the cross Who got saved at the cross? I got saved by trusting Christ not a preacher not a preacher I need to trust Christ trusting preachers won't save me I'm hoping God saves me I want to be saved. I don't care if a pastor, I want to be saved. And I am saved by the blood of the lamb. I've been owned, I've been bought. My life is Christ. Who do you belong to? Still trying to figure out service. What's your problem? What's your problem? You're lazy and you're disobedient and you're miserable as a Christian. I'd be miserable if all my Christian life was just hearing sermons and being told how to give. No, I want the excitement of serving the Lord Jesus. What did you design me for? Where in your vineyard can I serve you? I don't care if it's kids. I don't care if it's missions. I don't care if it's handing out tracts. I don't care if it's sweeping floors. I like it all. I was met with Howie Hendricks one time, and I was trying to make a major decision in my life, and we were going through things. He said, You know what your problem is, Howard? And I said, What is it? He said, It all challenges you. You like it all. I said, Yeah, I do. I love to be a junior church pastor if that's where God wants me. I love working at the rescue mission if that's where God wants me. I love going to Africa if that's where it doesn't matter if I just know Jesus will go with me. And Jesus wants me to do it. It doesn't matter. Anything for Him. That's all that matters. Anything for Him. And when I see people stand around in the union hall of God's church and I can't see anything to do, you can't. You'll have to open your eyes, you'll have to have a flame burning. Because you you think the millennium's already here. We're already just at ease. Remember, we've only got one more hour. It's all going to be over. Just one more hour. The clock's ticking. Robert Morrison, he said that great line, we only have one hour before midnight to win our victories, but we'll have all eternity to celebrate them. And some of you are sleeping in the last hour of time. You're asleep. You don't give. You don't pray. You don't serve. Peninsula Bible Church put on the third grade Sunday school class. This class will no longer meet until one of God's people is willing to teach third grade boys. I just wonder how many ministries would exist in this church depending on your commitment. Would anything be done? You know, we have some of the finest Sunday school teachers, some of whom are in their 80s. And I'm wondering when another generation gets the burden. When another generation steps up. Or do you have to be born to heaven on flowery beds of ease while others fought and sailed through bloody seas? No, I must fight if I would win. Am I a soldier of the cross? There will be no rewards for doing nothing. And the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. He goes on. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. And I probably won't even get to prayer. I'll spend the next message on it. For I've been arrested by the verse and convicted of my sin. Joyful in hope though. God tells his people to have joy Never because of their circumstances, but because of what's coming. Are you aware of what's coming, dear child of God? Uh, I've got a sister going to the doctor a lot more than she wants to. We hope she makes her birthday. Some of you, the aches and pains and the years of wasted health. You're taking more medicines than you want. This financial fallout, people are in great financial crises, one thing after another. But hope in the New Testament was the expectation of good things to come. The expectation of good things, that's simply. Hope is, I'm living with the expectation that things are going to get better. And that's a biblical hope. Uh, Peter said, we were born again unto a living hope. Christ is the object of it, but my hope is alive, 1 Peter 1 3. And let me tell you five things that you can be hoping about. Now, these are sure to happen, they're not wistful thinking. It's, it's a, a present tense assurance of future things going to happen. And I just name you uh, five. Number one, just hear this Jesus is going to show up again. It is the blessed hope that the appearing of the great in God and our Savior is going to show up. I don't know when. I know you're going to tell me. My grandma believed that stuff. Yeah, mine did too, and so do I. Because we're just that much closer. We're just getting closer every day. What are you hoping in? Uh, uh, Utopia? You're hoping uh, your children won't have to inherit this entire tax bill? Forget it. They're They're going to. What's your hope in? America, White House. There's the answer. What? If, before you knew Christ, everything in our future was gloom. Death, hell without Christ, sickness, dying. Nothing like this. Now you, that you become a child of God... Just, just refresh this with me. Just mark, mark this in your mind. Wait, just step Don't let me whip you up. Don't, just wait now. Wait. In your future, if we planned it, on the calendar, there's an exact date that Christ is going to show up. And whether you're in the grave, whether you're in the grave, or whether you're alive, you're going to be caught up to meet him. That is on the calendar. That's going to happen. Just straightforward. Now, he says, that kind of expectation ought to make you happy in the present. Joy. Two, he's going to redeem our bodies. Uh, It doesn't take you um, long. If you live long enough, you can get ugly. And if you don't get ugly, I mean, you get a facelift and some, uh, that's still ugly after I've seen them. You you look at these stars and say, man, you paid for that? But anyway, uh, you know, your body, we're going to get a brand new body. And is there anybody taking any kind of medication? Anybody as strong as you used to be? No. Well, it, it makes you homesick for a new body, doesn't it? And you're going to get a new body. You won't need any more dental work. Uh, just got a tooth fixed this week. Man, it's amazing how ugly you can look with one tooth missing. I thought, man, I'm ugly. And that dentist looks good. Make me look good. But we're dying. And you are too. I tell young men, don't lift that. Watch that. And I say, oh, cut it out. I said, you don't know i'm saying this after two back surgeries and a hip replace don't lift it get some help i know i'm strong i'm young i was too at one time they called me rambo jr but i'm a wreck people ask me how you doing i said maintaining how are you doing maintaining but you're going to get a brand new body i'm looking forward to it i tell you i'm going to do the cross-country lap down the streets of gold someday I'm going to do it. I'm going for it. Say, so got a brand new body. I'll take you on. Bring it on. We'll have a, but nobody will be a winner then. We all win at the same... We'll reach the goal line at the same time. <laughs> brand new body. Uh, we're going to see righteousness consumed. We'll meet a, the high point. Galatians 5.5. 5. We're going to be sharing in the glory of God. Romans 5.2. We exult in the glory of God that's coming. I can't even define that. We're going to inherit eternal life, which means another aspect to the eternal life we have now. We're going to inherit a lot more. So what he's saying is, Christians were born with hope. You have hope. Whether you go out with cancer, whether you go out this way, that way. I mean, our family's been burying loved ones here recently. Four since February. And... Those who know the Savior, there's just this hope, this, uh, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And even if your back is bleeding and you're in a prison cell and you're singing with your partner Silas, you could say, we're rejoicing because this is not the end. It's going to get better. And did you know what the martyrs used to do a lot of? If you ever read about the martyrs of the church, it was very common that they would sing at the stake. They would say, could I sing a final hymn? Could I sing a final? How would you like to be tied and the woods around you? And they're getting ready to take and ignite the wood. And your last request is, could I sing to you of my joy in Christ? And many a man was converted at the stake who was executing them. Because they never saw anything that could make you sing through the flame. This is our faith. Then he goes on to say uh, he wants you to endure under pressure or in affliction. Endure. And uh, it's amazing that God has a people that uh, can remain under pressure. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, Christians that grew up in the hothouse. They're mushrooms, you know, they wilt. But God is raising oats and you've got to be out in the weather. Out in the wind. You've got to remain under pressure. And he says, I will not bring relief to everything you want me to in your life. Because the pressure was designed to develop things in you that you otherwise wouldn't have. And uh, uh, any of you uh, good at going to the gym? Okay, I see a few. This church, we're big on... Crispy donuts. Uh, we, uh, you know, uh, I'm one of these guys. Uh, through the years, am absolutely Clark Clint, Clark Kent when I go. It's just amazing. I, I go about three times a year, and it takes me a month to heal each time. Because even the guy teaching me, I said, oh, this is nothing. When I first... I'll, I'll send these guys in these clubs. Let us show you what you do. let Let just show you, you Oh, man, this is nothing. Man, three days later, I said, why aren't you going to the gym? I said, man, I am sore. <laughs> See, I shouldn't exercise. I'm already buffed enough. I just let it go. Let it go. No, 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 no. I get to hurting, and I've had enough of the gym. Because you got to exercise through the pain you gotta go enough to get beyond the soreness I think I'm playing instruments uh, I was thinking when I first started guitar I was taking uh, lessons and uh, you know what the brutal thing is in playing a guitar or a string instrument you've gotta play and wanna play bad enough to get to the soreness on the end of your fingers cause when you press that string down on the neck uh, it gets sore and about uh, the fifth day, he said, oh, and I still don't sound like Eric. <laughs> and I, but my fingers are sore. So said, do you hold on? Hold on. You've got to keep showing up to build some calluses. And I usually play on my instrument in the evening news or something just to keep the calluses. Because once I lose the calluses, my terrific licks will go away. I mean, you, if you lose it, you don't want to start all over. Because it's, it's, it's pain. I think my brother plays bass. And he used to slap, play a slap bass and would bleed. If he hadn't played a long time, he would play through uh, blood blisters. And he'd bleed all over the neck of the instrument. I've seen it. Because he had to play enough to build up the callus to slap the bass. There's something about the Christians. Those who've got character have stayed through the pain. They've stayed through the pressure. You can't do anything without opposition that counts for God. It's a fight to do any of this stuff. You've got to fight by faith. You've got to fight to have a prayer life. He's going to tell them, be devoted to prayer. And I wanted to give some time... that the next time because this first round I'm just upbraided that I don't think we're a church devoted to prayer I don't think I am Uh, it's a lot easier to go to my computer and to get do work 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 than it is to pray but have you ever found that prayer sometimes can do more for you in five minutes than five hours of work have you? I have. I've been on my knees before wrestling with a text. Couldn't get the sermon. I'd go down on my knees and I'd go down with a notebook and say, God, this text doesn't yield. I do not get it. What is it? And in a matter of five or ten minutes, the spirit would just bathe my heart, open it up. And if I stayed at my desk laboring over it, looking at 15 other commentaries, it would still been locked to me, still would have been cold, and nothing happened in my heart. Five minutes on my knees did more than five hours of study. Five hours of study. Or to have a board problem where we come up, we need a decision, and and the men may be on different sides, or we don't know which way to do it, and this and that, and we need more consultants maybe, or we need more. How about praying? And I cannot tell you how many board prayer meetings has given a solution. It's like God sent an airmail in the meeting while we were praying. Has anyone ever experienced that? Just God, just unlock it. This is the way to go. This is what to do. I think God would love to turn this church upside down in this community. And maybe the first thing he wants to teach us is to pray. And if we pray, I think we can get our fire back. If we pray, uh, I think we can get our joy back. If we pray, I think you can have hope in the midst of trials. If we pray, we can see God set our leadership and this poor preacher on fire that you wouldn't know the place. If we just prayed, and we could all pray, right? We can all pray. And the word is strong. We're coming back to it. Be devoted to prayer. Devoted. Holy, it's what they said in Acts 6. Don't let the elders and the apostles get sidetracked with a bunch of work. They're going to be devoted to prayer. But here in Romans 12, he says it to every believer at the Roman church. Let it be said of you, I am devoted to a life of prayer. And I ask you before we come back to it, and I try to share some ways that maybe you could do that. Uh, Ask yourself, is that the way you could describe my life? I'm a man devoted to prayer. I'm a woman devoted to prayer. Say, well, my kids are lost. How much do you pray for them? Show me your prayer list. If you show me your prayer list, who's on it? Oh, I don't have one. You don't have one? You mean just pray spontaneously? No. I have a friend in Dallas. Every morning he prays through his prayer list. And on Monday he prays through certain people. Tuesday certain people. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I forget how many names. How many things. You can't remember every category of who you ought to pray about. I think maybe the great lost power of the church in the midst of our laziness... In the midst of the age that William Bennett said America has become acedia, A-C-E, like ace, D-I-A. He says, we can't change the public forum because the public of America has become too lazy to think. And uh, he said, we've lost our capacity for justifiable outrage. Can we be roused to act? Against the spread of foul and wicked practices. And he says, not as long as we're living bored, apathetic lives. You can talk about abortion all you want. How much do you pray about it? Talk about government. And listen to Rush all you want. Ask me if Rush will lead you in a prayer meeting. The Bible told me to pray for whoever's in leadership. 1 Timothy 2. Who have you prayed for? Do you know our local congressman, what his name is? Starts with George. See? Do you know who your mayor is? Do you know who the governor is? Do you pray for them? Lord, please kill them for raising taxes. No, 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 no. Pray for their soul. I must stop. God, we thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I thank you that you've arrested me and found me guilty. And now I must wrestle with you in the weeks to follow before I come back to this subject. Because I felt the divine verdict in my soul. Why haven't you been waiting on me? I have seasons, Lord, where I do really good. And then the devil wins the fight. I get busy. Uh, other church work, other issues. And I find a thousand excuses to justify I don't have time to really pray. Lord, don't you know we got a thousand people in this church? That's enough to make anyone not a pray. And yet you tell me, are you praying for those people? What are you asking me to do in that church? That technology that human workers can't do, that only I can do. For I can bring revival, I can bring stirring, I alone can make the flame burn. Please, Fannis, please don't let the light go out. Please have mercy in a fresh way on us children of mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.